Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name is Tyson Sharp and after coaching hundreds of online entrepreneurs, it became very clear that the vast majority were looking to grow a successful business unconsciously as a solution to feel enough, to feel worthy, to even feel safe and secure. And so it's in this podcast where we face those internal challenges head on and we do it through self-connection, we do it through elevated consciousness and heartfelt courage so that you can learn how to build a successful and aligned business simply as a byproduct of your personal awakening. So when you're ready, take a deep breath and I'll see you on the inside. I need a huge drum roll for my next guest, Tim Freak. I came across Tim because I was watching plenty of programs on Gaia and I saw him being interviewed and the type of topics he was discussing was not only profound, but resonated with me deeply. And if you're listening in on this, uh, it'll resonate with you too, because you're into spirituality and asking yourself the deep questions of who am I? What am I? What am I to do next? What is my Dharma? How can I provide more love in my life? How can I experience more love? What does this all mean? And these are the types of questions that Tim loves answering. And let me read you his bio because it's super impressive. But what you'll find in this episode is you'll just find yourself drifting deeper and deeper in yourself. And that's really what we want here. It's you going throughout your day, today or tomorrow, depending on what time it is, having a deeper perspective of life, a deeper perspective of yourself and how to operate more of who and what you are. But let me read you his bio. So Tim Freak is a philosopher and the author of 35 books translated in more than 15 languages, including Sunday Times bestseller and Daily Telegraph Book of the Year. Crazy. He's one of the 100 most spiritual influential living people on the 2020 list of Watkins Magazine. He's number 50. And He's been nominated for Mind, Body, Spirit, Author of the Year 2020 in Kindred Spirit magazine. Awesome, awesome stuff. He's the founder of Individualism, which he'll talk about a little bit, which combines evolutionary science and deep spirituality to offer a visionary understanding of the nature of reality and the purpose of life. This is deep. This is why I love having these conversations. We can dive in deep in business and rock and roll strategies all day, every day. I love that as well. Uh, But it's these types of conversations that allow those strategies to be used in a context of deeper understanding. And trust me, when you ask yourself these deep quality questions, you get deep quality answers. So without further ado, here's Tim Freak. Okay, one and all, welcome back to another episode of the Awaken Your Business podcast. I have Tim Freak here. It is an absolute pleasure to have him because obviously if you've listened to this podcast before, we're all into the personal development, spirituality, applying it to business and how we can basically progress on our business lives as a byproduct of our personal awakening. And so one of the topics we don't really touch on too much is the philosophy you know, what does all this mean and how do we sort of tangibly create this reality that we see in front of ourselves? How can we combine 
the combination of, you know, the world that we have in form and how can we com combine that with the world of in spirit or inspire. And a lot of these topics of philosophy, including the work of Tim is basically coupling those, those, uh, those, those topics so that we can have more of an understanding of what our reality really is. And we can start to develop deeper levels of meaning so that we can apply, you know, we can apply what our soul is here to apply in life. And, uh, and so it's an absolute pleasure. I saw Tim, first of all, on a Gaia program and I was blown away at the types of insights that he had in terms of being connected in terms of the shift of consciousness, in terms of not only the oneness of, of all of us, but how we can actually start to interact and, and combine our skills to create what we're here to create. And uh, it resonated so much with me. I reached out. I said, Tim, I'd love to have you on the podcast. He said, yes. And that's why we are here having this chat. But it's awesome, awesome, awesome to have you. First of all, welcome. I'd love to give you the floor for a bit and just share a bit what about you, who it is you are, what it is you do, and, uh, and how it is you got here. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Um, um, my, I'm, I'm, I'm just a very curious person. Uh, I, my dilemma is that I have found myself having this experience we call life, and it seems profoundly mysterious to me. And so since I was a kid, I've set out to try and understand what it is. And what I found is that what you think it is can also depend on what state of consciousness you're in. And that if you shift your state of consciousness, what it seems to be changes as well. So I have two profound interests. Well, actually, probably three. That, that, that this understanding the nature of what we're in, which seems to inform everything. You know, I mean, I, I'm, you know, you're, you're we're talking about the effect that things can have on business. Uh, but what I love about philosophy is it's like, well, let's start with the basics because how can you answer any question, how you should live your life, what you should do, what's the purpose until you go, but, but what is this we're in? What is it to be alive? What is it to be human being? What is death? And then when you start discovering, as I did very young with, with a, with a, what gets called an awakening, it's, it's really a shift in the way you experience reality. I call it now being deep awake. And I stumbled into it very young for the first time. And suddenly you're aware of, oh, things, you can look at it on the surface and it's one thing and you look at it deeper and this is profound connectivity, this oneness of being, that everything is one thing. And with that comes a, a sense of connection, which is felt as love. So suddenly you're in a completely different world. Um, and then my own particular very, you know, my timness, what makes me individual is, is I have a real desire to create from that, to, to bring something into the world from that, which has led me to create and write lots of books and do lots of creative endeavors. And, that, and what I see is that this underlying understanding of what this is can affect whatever you're called to do, whether it's something particularly like me in the writing or in business or in caring or whatever your role is or child rearing everything there's a shift that can take place in the way you express your individuality if you recognize what i would call your universality when you get the shift to put it simply it's like it's like a shift from i'm tim this individual to 
oh, I'm the universe, which is become Tim. Now, that's kind of obvious, because what else could I be? <laughs> and yet when you get it, you become what I call a individual, an individual that's conscious of unity. And I think that's the big jump that's happening, and it affects everything. Whatever role we're playing in life, uh, it changes it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to have that sort of question be thrown at you, what is life? Uh, most people brush that aside and say, that's too big. That like, I can't comprehend that, right? There's so many different elements to it. I might as well just go about my daily pattern where I'm, where I'm comfortable. It seemed like that was a question you were drawn to. Like, even like you said, as a, as a child, this is something that was a, a pull for you to sort of discover because you were naturally curious. Was that, was that the sort of question you started with when you were curious as a kid? Did you sort of go through the, the questions of what is this reality and what does it all mean? Or was it something else? Uh, you know, abs yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I remember vividly walking with my father when I must've been about nine, I guess, and asking him all these questions. And I, I just I have this, such a, one of those little moments, you know, in your childhood uh, where you, you, you captured a moment in, in a memory must've been important to me. Um, because uh, I remember him saying to me, Better men than you and I, Timothy, have asked these questions and found no answers. And I, and I hear his voice saying that to me. And what I remember is my response, because quietly to myself, with that sort of super arrogance of being young, uh, it felt like, no, I'm, I'm going to find the answer, because how could there be a question this big if there wasn't an answer this big? And that is kind of like a, a seminal moment. And that led to my first awakening when I was about 12, which again happened when I was just sitting on a hill thinking about these questions. Why are all the adults asleep? Why is everyone going around as if they know what life it is when they don't? And as I grew, as I'd gone through my schooling, I'd found more and more about the nature of the universe. And it seemed even more mysterious than I could imagine that we lived in such a gigantic, uh, universe of such great age and size and and everything about it the, the 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 what appears solid on this level turns into nothingness when you get when you move inside it you know everything um it becomes is profoundly mysterious so for a long time i felt my one of my roles and i guess it still is was just to sneak up behind people and go Psst, it's a mystery have you noticed nobody knows what's going on and and to see the shift that happens in consciousness when you go well, oh yes so it is and then more recently um i feel like as well as that we do need a map we do need an understanding and it's only provisional but the role of the philosopher or certainly the sort of philosopher i am is to try and provide a, an understanding which is a new narrative a new story because the old stories the religious stories have kind of um, fallen to bits under scrutiny, pretty much. And yet they contain something of real value. What you mentioned, the, spir the spiritual element. There's something real in there, but the myth mythological aspects don't hold up now. And then we've had this incredible advance of science. I mean, I, th I think a lot of people don't know history very well. And so they don't see the enormous, enormous growth in human knowledge that's happened over the last uh, two, three, four hundred years, and how exponential it's been until we're here talking in different continents, and I can see your face and hear your voice in lifetime, and the, this is science, and 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 that's been, I, I've got it. I've so much respect for it because it's it, it's learned so much, and yet it, it has mostly a very negative philosophy, 
because it's reductionist. It sees, it thinks the lesser levels of reality are more real. So when I said, look, this seems solid, but on the lower levels, it's just quantum particles. Often in, in the scientific community, it's seen as that's what's really there. This isn't really here. So the human experience starts to disappear. So I don't love my life. That's just chemicals in my body. I'm not really making a free choice. It's just my brain going through. It's mechanical, you know, all of that. And I think that's profoundly wrong. Mm. And it certainly dismisses the spiritual experiences. It dismisses the, the idea that there is an element of our identity that survives death, it, 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 that, that magic happens, which is an experience most of us have all the time, you know, not all the time, but that sort of synchronous, wow, it's like a dream. So how can all of that be true? How can the spiritual realities be true in, in, in some way? And the scientific realities, how can they be true in some way? And then my job as a philosopher, I think, is to create a, try and create a, a trans-scientific spirituality, a spirituality which can transcends and includes science and gives us a new way of understanding the meaning of our lives and our deaths and what we're doing with each other and what really matters. Uh, because we will have a narrative, unconsciously. It'll just be the one that's floating around our culture. And the one that's dominant in the in our culture is pretty negative i think it just basically goes look you're you're an accident of nature you're here for a few short years long enough to go what the hell's going on and you're dead yeah and and that that's a fundamental meaninglessness that can seep into the soul where we need to change that mm. yeah i mean that's exactly why i think these conversations are so important is to develop that different level of meaning uh, and I know you, you you have that sort of the term the what, what do you call it, the narrativity of just like yeah. this 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 story this collective story that's forever evolving, and uh, I'd love to get into that. But first of all, it'd be it'd be awesome to know a bit more about what this awakening was for you at twelve on this hill, because a lot of people here into <laughs> spirituality and they're having their own awakening at certain levels uh, yeah. as their as their knowledge and as their understanding of reality starts to deepen. Uh, what was that like? What was the specific turning point for you at 12 that allowed you to realize this is a, a spiritual awakening? Well, I, I mean, I didn't know what it was when I was 12. <laughs> I just knew something really profound had happened. And luckily, because I'm that sort of person, I wrote about it even at 12. So I do have some sort of record of it. Um, uh, but yeah, fundamentally, it was an experience that the universe is full of love. And that there's a connectivity to everything and that there's there can be a shift in the way you perceive in which the senses come alive everything is you know the sky is bluer than blue and the green is grass is greener than green and it was the first time i tasted that um although i think kids can step into it quite a lot actually but i didn't i had no memory of it um and it was a it was a, a key shift at a key moment you know carl jung says often in the life there's a seed moment and that was my seed moment i think and from then on, I mean, I, I, I came down the hill, it passed, and I carried on being a crazy teenager. But I was looking for what the hell happened. How can I get back? And because of my nature, how can I share it with others? And pretty much that's what I've been doing in different ways ever since. And what I found is you can get back loads and loads of ways. Mm. And you can share it with others. And you can deepen it. And it changes. And also your understanding of it changes. Because, you know, my... my understanding of it I, I went through lots of forms of spirituality and uh, so i interpreted it through those lenses because those are the lenses which i was given um but as i've grown and you know now i'm, I'm getting old 
um, I can see that, oh, the thing itself is, is, you can interpret all of this. Spirituality is not a given thing. It's up for grabs. It too needs to evolve. It too needs to, there's not, it's not a, it's not a fixed thing. It's an evolving understanding of a certain level of reality. Mm. And first of all, I feel like I'm getting old as well. I'd turn 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm twice your age. <laughs> uh, as, and so when you're, when you're going through your teenage years, did that sort of, did that sort of connectivity of love always reside to you where you were going back to there, where you ask yourself the question of how do I get back to that state? How do I make sense of this? Or was it something that you sort of dismissed and then revisited later on? No, it was, it was, it was pretty much always there, not as an experience, but as a, as a, as a, as a touchstone um, and, you know, very wildly different phases of how I approach that. And, um, I've always, I'm, all, I'm quite, quite, my, my, my personality is quite extreme. So I would approach it by going right into that or right into this and see what was there. Um, and found that you could, you could get at it in, in, in all these different ways, whether it was through meditation or psychedelics or getting involved with a guru or all sorts, you know, Tai Chi and, you know, everything or just, but the, but the saving grace for me, Tyson, I think was that the first experience was just sitting on a hill. So there was always this sense that this is something natural. This is something, you know, it just happens. And, and certainly my experience of awakening when I was in my teens and my 20s was that the big experiences, as kind of still is, I would say, the big experiences, they just come. They're like grace. You know, you can't turn them on or turn them off. Um, but what's really shocked me as I've done retreats, my, I run retreats called Deep Awakening with people literally all over the world so a large number of people now, is that so many can have a very, very profound experience if you set up the conditions right. And the, the telltale sign really is, the, is what I call the big love. When you find yourself really, and it's visceral. I mean, the love is just like, it's love. It's not like love. It's big and strong and deep. It's not just pink and fluffy. It's, and, and I think that's, that's, a, that's, the, that's how the oneness feels. So it's not just a recognition, oh, I'm one with the universe. It's, it's a, a felt, embodied transformation. And it's, gotcha. and it's really accessible. So I, I, I think we are living in times where this is, this is now available to all of us. Yeah. And, and that's what is. resonated and, and with me. Change everything. It, it resonated with me so much in terms of when you're talking about that, because, and especially on, on the interviews that I've seen you, you're basically talking about, not only how we're all connected, but how we're sort of moving more and more towards collaboration in our own endeavors. And, uh, and it's been such a huge shift for me to realize that and to, and to take action moving forward on it um, because of what you say, because of this, this visceral and, and, and physical feeling that we are all connected. And when I, I'm talking to someone in my online community or a client, some of that I like, I see myself in them and I, I physically feel this, right. I feel this, this connection and this, this oneness of love. And, uh, and it's completely transformed my life to see it in that way. Um, what are some of the shifts you've seen in your, in your retreats where people start to have this experience and this physical sensation of oneness and overall this, this big love you described. 
by doing just what you said. I mean, that's perfect, perfect. Because what, the big breakthrough for me, when I, when I started teaching, and I, and I started teaching um, because people asked me to, really. And, and, and especially then when I had, I had a bestseller and then lots of people were going, oh, well, I don't want to just read about it. I want to experience it. And so I started just tentatively doing stuff. So I did what I had been taught and what I knew myself, and that was meditation and various other techniques. And that was pretty good. I mean, meditation is a great thing. And then I just fell into, by accident, getting people to connect with each other about 20 years ago. And that started with something which is quite popular now. And when I'd done it, I, when I first did it, I'd never done it before or even heard of it. I mean, obviously, people have been doing it forever, which was just to sit people in front of each other and ask them to gaze at each other and to see what they see. And when you do that, what you see, of course, is a face, it's an individual face, but what you're connecting with, you start realizing is something you can't see. You're connecting with the psyche or the soul of the other person, which you can't see, but it's there. And you're so something that they can't see is connecting with something you can't see by looking. And you sit with that for a while. And if you go a little bit longer and you sink into it, suddenly the universe is looking at itself and there's one of you. And what, I've, what I do at my retreats is I give people, a, I create a safe space where we can be relaxed, playful, vulnerable, just be ourselves. We don't have to be all spiritual and, you know, talk in silly voices and go very slowly or just be ourselves, you know, and, uh, and then create a beautiful environment, play some beautiful music because music's really magic and, and, and let people just connect with each other one after the other, one after the other. And what happens is you just, you just, your heart just explodes and your top of your head comes off and suddenly you're in it. And what you're seeing is something which is actually there the whole time. You're always connecting like that. It's just, you don't notice you, or you are always connecting with another human being, but you don't see how profound it is. And you can do that with listening and you can do it with touch. And so that what you're doing is you're going, look, see this in each other. See, see that see the depths in the other and you will see it in yourself and and it's a lovely thing and you just see and everyone becomes so beautiful and that's a really great place to be and you know i've been with you know my father-in-law came who he was you know he's a he's just died and, and he was he's an he came from ireland he was an immigrant from ireland had a tough life you know great guy but very down to earth never thought about doing anything like this remotely i mean it was like crazy and he was coming in his 80s and sitting down with a whole bunch of different people men and women young and old and staring their faces like wow will he even do it and afterwards just a scene go wow god if only i discovered this younger just how beautiful everyone is i can't believe it it's the same with my mother when she was in her 80s and she came for the first time so it's like at any age any time and you just there it is and and then you start a journey of trying to build that into your life and and, and increase it how do you, what, what advice would you have for someone who's looking to, to build this in their life when they've got, uh, they've got the, the societal norms of a job and a family and making, you know, an income so they can pay bills and they're going down this, uh, they're going, they're, they're going down this life that they know isn't deeply for them, but it's sort of in a space of, I have to do this to remain safe and comfortable and okay and look after my loved ones. How is it they can start to implement this in their life in, the, in that way that's going to be beneficial? Well, the first thing is to see all of that as positive. 
What a great thing to do. Most people who are doing that really are doing it for their loved ones. Far out. Isn't that great? You're willing to give of yourself to protect your loved ones. That is spirituality in a nutshell. So you're already doing something profoundly spiritual. You just need to realize that. And then you can, then you can go, okay, so I'm coming from, I've got this great motivation. How can I do that better? Well, maybe I need to build in some time where I'm also exploring whatever works for you. So, you know, it can be ideas. It can be uh, a practice. And different things at different times. I mean, my, my, movement can be a practice. Walking can be a practice. Meditation can be a practice. You find and experiment what works. And the key thing is just the intention. If you have the intention, you're looking for it. And then you just, and then, and then realize that the real practice, the real thing, the, realize that practice is practice. It's like if you play a musical instrument, you know, the more you practice, the better you play. But playing is the thing. And the playing is your life. The practice is so that when you play, you play well. It's not about the practice. And the better you get, maybe you don't need to do so much practice because you're building it in. Or, you know, there's a hundred things. Or maybe you need to go, I have a week every now and again where I go away and refocus on this. Or I'm on my own. Or there's a million things. Just ask your soul. Just go into yourself and, and see what's there. And then what I try to do, and of course other people who are doing similar work, is create, I've created, you know, have community. So I have an online community. We meet up regularly. I, I'm, I do these events around the world. I provide ideas which people can explore. And these are all, you know, you find somebody that you go, I trust this person. Well, don't just trust them. You know, you've got, you have a bullshit detector. That, you know, let me, yeah, this is important. There is more bullshit in spirituality than probably anywhere. Uh, it probably is not. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just living in spirituality, so I see it more. We'll, Maybe we'll it go with everywhere. it for now. We'll go with, we'll go with but, it for now. But, I, you know, I, I think there is, you know, a lot. So you need to keep your bullshit detector on. But then when you find someone you trust, like, a, like you would a friend, then you can go, okay, let's, uh, let's explore this and then go with them and see where, it, see where it leads until you need to move on. Yeah. What sort, what sort of bullshit have you come across in your, in your time oh, of, for in spirituality? Don't, I mean, just, it's just endless. The, the, I mean, look, it's a lot of it's well-meaning, not all of it. Some of it's pernicious. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of um, problems around the authoritarian versions of spirituality, the guru cults, um, the way that people set themselves up, the undermining of people um, so that they become dependent rather than becoming individual and strong. I think that's all of the past and needs to change. I think there's a reticence. Uh, we need to use all of what we are. So, you know, if you want a big heart, you also need a clear mind. But an awful lot of spirituality is, has, has, has a down on thinking, thinks the mind's a bad thing. Well, if you, you know, thinks if you stop thinking, you'll become enlightened. Whereas actually all the people I know that stop thinking just become stupid. And what happens is that you end up in believing all sorts of cr anything. You just believe anything. And what we need is to use all our faculties. So we need to love deeply and think clearly and, 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 engage passionately and everything um, and spirituality is spirituality is lagging massively behind science why science has, has has expanded exponentially um spirituality is still being caught up in a pre-scientific um, worldview and and it doesn't need to be and it needs people and I, I i would hope to be one of them to shake it up and go come on guys let's move on because because what it what it contains in essence 
is the most interesting levels of reality. You know, it is fascinating that this is made of quantum particles, but it's not as fascinating for most of us as what's the meaning of your life and death. That's more important, you know, <laughs> and, and that's getting lost. Mm. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel this within myself. I mean, I can study spirituality, you know, all day, every day. And you come to those deep questions, don't you? Every single time. It's like, well, I'm studying this, studying this. And it's like, okay, what comes through my meditation is what is all this for? What does all this mean? Who and what am I? Right? What is, what is this reality? If, if, like you say, if, this, if my hand is made up of 99.99% space, empty space, I mean, what does all this, what does all this mean? Uh, I guess that's, I guess that's probably the, the question that can, that can give people some clarity or some answers here. What is this, what is this new perspective on reality that you've sort of come across in, in, in the decades of study that you, that you've been in this, uh, in this field? Okay. I'll, I'll make a stab at it. Obviously it's a big story, but I'll tell it from a, I'll tell it from a big distance so I can tell it quickly. Um, but the essence of what I'm exploring is this Tyson is that we have this amazing story in science. A hundred years ago, I think probably somebody thought the biggest idea that anyone's ever thought, which was the universe is not a thing, it's a process. This is an evolutionary process that started, we now think around 13.8 billion years ago with something very simple and it's evolved into and emerged as everything. And that is an, an enormous idea. And all those levels that it's emerged out are still with us. We can see it around us. So 10 billion years of development of matter, the physical universe, 4 billion years of the development of all of life, and then the psyche or the soul on top of that. So that we've got this one story. And I look at the moment and I go, oh, look, it's happening now, isn't it? Because every, it, what I experience is this process. I, I, you know, things are made up, really. They're all processes. Everything is this flow of time. And in this flow of time, every moment is a new moment, never repeats. And it's based on the moment that came before. And that process of a new moment based on what came before has been going on for 13.8 billion years. And the information of the universe has become more and more and more complex. So if I look at that and I go, well, what's the foundation of that? What's the simplest quality at the, at the, at the ground of it, this process? So I look around and I go, well, what's, what's the quality everything has? And that quality is being. It exists. The simplest quality of being. So the story which I'm interested in, in exploring is, is this, that there is, is a ground of being which is in the process of becoming everything. And, the, and that process is relational because it's not, actually, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not actually true that everything's just one. It's rather, I think, that the one is in relationship with itself. So the one has taken on, is evolving all these different forms in relationship to itself. And, and, that, and here we are, that's you and me. We are the one, the universe, in relationship with itself. Our body is made of chemicals that were created in ancient stars, literally. You know, uh, um, and, uh, and uh, as it moves, as that relationship evolves, it turns from quantum particles in empty space to solid matter, my hand, you, love, ideas. Oh, now we're in a whole nother realm. It's not even made of matter anymore. Now this realm of the psyche has evolved. And 
what 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 science is really good at studying is the sensory because of its method so it's very good on physics quite good on biology pretty good actually but very not very good on the psyche on the soul that's what spirituality studies and it's so it's studying the latest level of evolution that's what it's always been about and there's one narrative and then what that means for our lives well tons and tons actually but from the thing that you were talking about is you can start going well does that all have a purpose this process and I, and when i look at it i think well it's it's bigger than that it's not that it has a purpose it's that it is its purpose if reality is the emergence the the, the realization of ever more emergent possibilities that's what we've seen for 13.8 billion years the continual emergence that got us from hydrogen 13 you know billion years ago to you and me that's seen this continual realization of new potentialities. Well, where's that happening now? Well, it's happening in the psyche. We're doing it now as we talk. We're realizing new possibilities in the psyche. My body's staying pretty much the same, changing a bit, but it's all of it's been happening in this non-material realm of the imagination. So if that's what the universe is, what, what could be our purpose? Well, surely to realize our most emergent potentialities that's what we're that's what we're doing we're going okay so you're you are this process tyson what's the most emergent possibilities that you can imagine and then make them realize them because that's what the universe is and you're part of that process and and for other reasons it's too much to go into now but i i think i think the universe has evolved to the point where the essence of what tyson is doesn't die when the body dies i think we've moved to a level of individual evolution which is what spirituality has always been looking at uh, so we've moved from species evolution which is about life and death and, and 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 natural selection we've moved to soul evolution which has evolved from these other levels wow. so you know there's a big story there but essentially it's about meaning essentially it's going look your life you exist in this enormous beautiful breathtaking reality and it's happening every moment every moment and and when we just think like this or we look like this we don't see it but then when you become deep awake and we look more deeply it is breathtaking and life is the most you know it's a magical precious and then we bring that to everything we're doing and when you when you bring that to what you're doing, it brings what you would sort of describe as that magic or that synchronicity or that you know that path that we're all on. And I think one way you sort of one way I love how you describe it is sort of like not seeing God as at the at the start of everything, but where we're going. And I think this is sort of what you're describing in terms of the the evolution of who and what we are when we start off as something that's simple and we, we, we evolve and we start to uh, become more complex. And now we're evolving more into the psyche and evolving more into, you know, the soul of, of what you might describe and having that as the, the journey brings more meaning into, into our life and what we do and who we are. 
is is that the way you describe it what's something what's something someone can ask themselves or something someone can focus on to bring that into their into their everyday life uh, well, was a lot there um i interesting stuff i i'll just i'll just say it and it may sound crazy to folks because i won't have the chance to back it up properly but with the evolution of psyche and, and the word psyche means soul. It's Greek word for soul. With the evolution of this non-material thing, I'm doing this because it's nowhere, is it? It's the place where you have meaning. A, a good way to get it, I love, is you know, if, if, if people listening to this, if you, if you focus on me, my body, this part of me, you'll see a monkey making funny noises. That's what this is. But the meaning all exists in this non-material domain we call the psyche or the, the imagine it's imaginal information. And that's where all the action's happening in the non-material now. With the evolution of the non-material, which is uncontroversial, science would also agree that, that this has evolved from this. With that, you've got a whole new thing. Things are not held together anymore by causation, like if I drop my cup, it will fall. They're held together by meaning and stories and narratives, which is why you experience yourself as a story. You know, when I, when I first met you, it was like, I wanted to know some of your story. You wanted to know about my story. We've discussed my story today. It's, we're stories. We're narratives in time. So in a very real sense, the universe has evolved from hydrogen into a story. And a good metaphor for that, if that just sounds too crazy to think about, is just think about, I don't know, a computer game, where on the base level, you've got ones and zeros. But what it's been turned into is a story. You're not thinking about ones and zeros. Who cares about the ones and zeros? You care about whatever the story is, the thing you're engaging with. So in a, very, in a, in a way that I want to say a very real sense, not like, you know, a, a, this is a story now. It, a dream reality, which you're experiencing right now, has emerged from a sensory reality. And they're interacting all the time. I'm intending my mouth to move. I, well, I'm not. I'm intending to say something and my mouth just moves. That's what happens all the time, doesn't it? We, we, I, I, we intend something in the non-material non and the material responds. What spirituality has been exploring for some time, what's got, what gets called magic and dismissed as nonsense, is how the whole of that realm of the imaginal is interacting with the sensory world um, all the time. It's, it's, there's an, there's, it's go both ways. Uh, so that's where synchronicity happens, magic, ha magic happens, that, that strange meaning unfolds, that kind of feeling of, well, we were meant to meet, weren't we? It's because, yeah, because the story is affecting things. And that's not as crazy. It doesn't have to be a kind of crazy belief. It can be. Here's the crazy belief. Here's the crazy belief. This is why I get crazy as you want. You know, this is, this is the crazy belief, which I don't think, is that you'll get when you see something like The Secret, for instance. What that will, the road that goes down is, whew, sometimes synchronicities and magic happens, therefore everything is, your, is being controlled by you. That's nonsense. Complete rubbish, in my view. What's actually happening is interaction. Nothing's being controlled all by you. But it doesn't mean that your ideas and your narrative are completely irrelevant. There's an ecology of narrative, an ecology of soul, just like there's an ecology of biology and bodies. And they're all interacting. 
And if we can understand these levels, we change profoundly how we live our lives because then you start taking that seriously. But you also don't get caught up in what I see happen is people watch a profound thing, an inspiring thing. And think, oh, I can just imagine things and everything I want will happen, which does sometimes happen. Well, it's happened to me, but not always. And when it doesn't happen, it's not your fault. It's not you failed to believe enough. It's actually the nature of the interaction of all the complex elements of reality. Uh, so you, so if you, if, you get, if you get pulled into the superficial versions of spirituality, you can get very disappointed very quickly and then often walk away. But if you, if you keep doubting and thinking clearly and opening your heart, then it just opens up and opens up. Mm. I, I describe this all the time with, um, with the, the members of the community. I think I agree with you here where a lot of people are visualizing something and be, they think because of law of attraction, if I visualize it enough and I believe in it enough, then that will come into fruition. Uh, like you say, sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes that does happen because you become in alignment with that. One thing that I have been uh, questioning and really meditating on is that that thing you meditate on and that thing you visualize, how do you know that's in your best good? And how do you know that's <laughs> in the, how do you know that's in the best, you know, your best interest in terms of your higher mind? Because the only reason why you're visualizing it is because you can visualize it with your physical mind. And so that's something that I've really been, I've really been meditating on is thinking if I visualize this, I can do that to elicit the state that I want to feel more often, whether that be connection, whether that be this big love and I can feel that, but I can also separate from the, the, the initial visualized event or circumstance or thing that I had because I can recognize I've got no clue what the hell's in my best interest with this collective story that's ever revolving. Right. And so that's something that I've yeah really, really been uh, focused on and, and just, it's allowed me to detach from circumstances, outcomes and results. And it's, it's such a different level. Uh, that's one thing that I I've, I've been really encouraging people, but I think it's, it's spot on here in terms of just allowing yourself to, recognize that there is a collective story that's evolving and uh, my question would be where does the individual stories come into it is it that my individual stories that i'm currently believing do they manifest in my life is is that the way you describe it or is it more of a collective story that's that we're sort of being a part of it's both the collective story is made up of all the individual stories and that ecology of story is having an effect just like in, 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 in a biological ecology. What is a biological ecology? It's all the individuals interacting. And what happens in it will depend on how all those individuals react. Can an individual affect it? Yes. Can they control it? No. Can they have a big effect sometimes? Yes. <laughs> but not always. And, and can they predict when they will have a big effect? Probably not. And the same is happening with narrative. Um, and you're right. I mean, I think what you're describing there is really profound because um, the what I call the narrativity, the effect of narrative, it, it is, it's, it's not moral. It, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a way the universe works. And people use it for all sorts of bad things, a lot. I mean, I think, you know, you can see, you know, if you go back through looking, say, at the Nazis rallies, I think it's been consciously used there all the time. And 
so there's you know there's no there's a there's a strong you know I, i've been involved in when i was younger in cults and it's used a lot in cults and the thing about cults the reason that people go into cults is magic happens real magic so you think oh this is this is it look at the synchronicity that has led me to the feet of swami blandananda and you have been had all that magic because the because it's not um, it's not it's a natural function of the story level of reality so you have to question it be careful and what you're describing is like when you get to the point you go well how do i know what's best for me and then you mentioned earlier about god and that's a difficult word because you know people trip over it but if, I, if i'm trying to be careful with it one of the things which which comes from the way of viewing reality that i'm experimenting with is it is that it doesn't start with the what's the most emerging if, if if the simplest thing is being which is in the process of becoming what's the most emergent thing this could become or well that surely is what we mean by god which is the universe conscious of itself now what i experienced when i was 12 was that i experienced god and i understood it through that lens because i that's the lens i had i've been brought up i'd gone to church that's what I knew, so that's how I approached it. But I think it's quite deep, because what it's saying is, and it, got, it doesn't start with God. God isn't a strange being at the beginning who creates a world, a chaotic, mad world of dinosaurs and suffering and bacteria to eat people from the inside. It doesn't, no. God is what the universe is becoming. The universe is flowering into a conscious oneness, which is love. And it's there now. It's happening. It's it's and and then the answer for me to that question that you have, Tyson, is oh well. What I need to do is tune into that, tune into the part of reality which is more emergent than me. Here, I'm pretty emergent. You know, I'm more emergent than the table or than the plants. And but there's something more emergent than me, of which I'm a part. And if I tune in with that, then I get to know okay, this is what's good for me. What does that look like for you when you imagine something that's more, more emergent than where you're at right now? What is it that you're, you're visioning or focused on or, or what does that look like? That's a really great question. What do I do to do that? Um, oh, that's such a good question. God, what is it I do? It's, um, let me do it now. It's becoming conscious of the oneness of all being, the simplest quality, in an inclusive way. That I'm aware that there is something which includes the oneness of all being and, and holds it all together. That's how it feels. It's a transcendent being, but it's imminent. It's not like it's outside. It is everything. There is something which is everything. Tim is arising from everything, but he's Tim. But this is Tim. It is everything. So I tune into the oneness of being, and if I go deeply into it, there's this enormous love holding it together, and there's a feeling then of being in touch with with, an, with something which has all the, which I really can't say what it is. It's 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 beyond. Damn. Me. You know uh, what I get to do is, uh, but so I, I can't. Here's how it feels, Tyson. This is really good pushing me. It feels like look, I can't know what it's like to be God any more than a cell in my finger can know what it's like to be Tim. But I can know what it's like to commune in God, to be part of that communion of souls. And that feels like that's the big love. Mm. That's the, this, this enormous love. And from it can come wisdom. From it comes the deepest insights, I think. When you, when you enter that state, that's where you can't start seeing, oh, 
you, you start learning the wisdom to actually live from love because that's a whole other problem, isn't it? You can experience all the love in the world. It doesn't mean you're wise enough to know how to love because mm. it's a tricky old thing to do. That's a huge conversation. It's like not only the not only to have the access to this oneness or this this one being and how we're all connected in the form of this love, but then act and apply it in your life as if that's as if that's yeah. your your value your virtues right that's a completely different yeah. that's a completely different uh, you know ball game but one thing one thing i, I want to ask is what's something you, you mentioned before there's a lot of different spiritual practices in terms of meditation and plant medicine and all those different things uh that can help people that can help people access this this new reality this new truth uh is there any advice you have for someone uh, who's looking to apply more of that in their life, especially if they're in business and they're following their heart, they're learning more about themselves and how to follow this, this purpose that they have inside them. What, what's some advice you would have for them? I, I, you know, Tyson, it's so individual. That's the point. For me, you know, it's all about the individual. A individual is, found, is, is importantly an individual. So, you know, I can point someone to my books i can put someone to all the exercises in my books on my youtube channel on my website you know there's all that stuff and i you know people are interested please do check it out there's some good stuff there or contact me personally but really the real advice is you're you your life matters really really matters you are the universe exploring being you know in this case tim and tyson that's what's going on so you need to go into your own depths and go, what's the next thing? Or what do I need to do? Or what, 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 what will take me there? And it really can be anything. And, and, and so saying something which would apply to some people, but others is something I've stopped doing. Because what I really want to do is encourage people to recognize their own lives. And that, and that, and that the universe is a process. So you're a process. And this moment in it, this moment is built on the moment that came before, which was built on the moment that came before. So the past hasn't gone anywhere. It's implicitly here. All the information that has led to this moment is implicit in this moment. If it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't, it wouldn't be this moment. The Big Bang, the evolution of matter, the evolution of life, the evolution of us getting born, learning to speak English, you inviting me here, everything is implicitly here. So what's happening right now is everything that Tyson has ever been is interacting with everything Tim has ever been. Because that's what makes you, you and me, me. It also means that what I choose to do next will be part of me forever. So I'm forming myself. I am in a process of soul formation. And because I am conscious, I get to choose, not completely, but I get some, way I can interact with the creative process so that I choose the way that Tim becomes formed. So my advice to people is like, notice the power of your attention, of your choices. Your, your consciousness is the attention. Choose where you put it carefully and your life will, you will form yourself in new ways. And then if you want to experience these other states on a on more regularly, then the secret could not be easier and you already know it. There is no magic bullet. The secret is the same as with anything. You have to build up enough of the past that it becomes a habit or it becomes easy for you. So I can now speak. When I was little, I couldn't. Why can I speak so quickly now? I've just done it a lot. 
I can play a musical instrument. I've done it a lot. Do I always do it perfectly? No. But the more I've done it, the better I've got. And it's the same with all of this. So if you want to experience these states, pay them attention. If you pay them lots of attention, they will open up and then you'll be able to find them much more easily. I've paid certain states a lot of attention. They're easier to find than I could have possibly guessed when I was young. That's it. Wow. Yeah. So I guess to wrap that up, it's sort of like going to recognize you are unique in how you find these states, but what you're saying is the answer is within us anyway. If we, if we look in, we will be led to the answers that we're seeking. And so for some people to find these deeper meanings and these, these uh, more connective states of being, it could be through painting and creativity or photography. Personally, that's not me. I, I really have no desire. I wouldn't, wouldn't care if I put another paintbrush to canvas for my life. Uh, but for me, for me, I love dancing. I love dancing. I love being yeah. silly on a dance floor. Uh, it, it's, it's re- re- to me that, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing that, there's no, there's no challenges in the world. There's no problems. It's just so free and open. Um, I love meditation. When I meditate, I actually, like everyone talks about connecting to source and, and connecting to love and, you know, this, this, this connectivity between all of us. Uh, when I'm in meditation, you know, I physically feel that you it's, it's something you can physically feel around you when you, when you, when you tap into it. Um, and that's something I love exploring, but yeah, like you say, the answers are within you and that you'll be pulled towards it through your excitement. I find whatever's exciting, whatever's a pull, whatever is, uh, ex- feels expansive for you. You're sort of, you'll generally be led to that. And now you, what you're saying is you can basically just build that as a habit to consistently shift your intention and your attention towards what it is you want to experience more often, whether that be love, whether it be joy, whether it be this unity, right? And so you can see yourself both as the individual and univisual, as you would say, uh, but developing that, that pattern over time of just consistently making your choices in congruence with who you truly do want to become and who you are emerging into. Is that the way you describe it? Yeah, beautiful. Um, because you're made of the past, if you like, you know, you are, you are everything you've ever been. And I mean, this, you know, everything is. You are your story. So you don't have a life. You are your life. You are this story. You're the story of Tyson. I'm the story of Tim. And that, that's an amazing thing. So how can we make that story deeper, more interesting, full of how can, how can the story of Tim reach its maximum potential what would that be how would it be you know Mm -hmm. and there's many different answers but one of the key things i think which is i think the answer is different for all of us but there's something the same and the something the same is something is waking up to the fact that underneath it all there's one of us that that feels like love and then serving that in some way Mm, definitely and that's that's why i love creating the community where they're the way in which they're serving that is through the avenue of business. And you know, I'm, I'm always finding, I'm always finding more and more passion to help, you know, business owners who are being channeled through this calling and awakening to, to make their difference, you know, with building a business and, uh, and through their calling. Um, my question would be, where are, where are you moving to next? Where's your, your 
intention and attention and choices leading you towards it. There's something that's on the horizon that you're excited about or something that you're looking to, looking to create in your own, in your own story. Yeah. Um, I, the, this has been, the, my attention has been pulled primarily uh, my, <clears throat> into philosophy over the last period because I've got this new trans uh, scientific spirituality has been coming through in my imagination so strongly. And, and so I've got, you know, I don't know, 75,000 words of notes on my desk right now uh, that I, that wants to turn into something. My aim is to, you know, I, I, I honest to goodness, I can't promise I'll do this, but probably I just want to get it out there. I'll probably put it on the internet for free. I just want to make videos. You know, I'm, all, I'm getting old now. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing the end post is in sight and just feels like, right, this is, I just need to get this to do as much good as I can while I can. So um, I feel certain amount of, amount of urgency um, to, to get that done. Um, and then in the background, it's like, you know, my greatest teacher was my mum, who wasn't interested in any of this, but was a totally loving woman. And my biggest aspiration is to be like her. So I'm working on those two things, really. I think Tyson, trying to, trying to knock Tim into a bit more shape as an individual, and trying to play out that creativity, which he seems to be involved in, which is to, to write and to, to share it. And, and my hope is that they can go out and do some good. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, that's, that's inspiring to not only hear that you're just, you're having all of these insights and you're putting them down on paper and you're just wanting to share them with the world. I mean, anyone. I mean, don't anyone, get me wrong. I'm, I'm lucky because I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting here a wealthy man. That's not been my path, but I'm also able to do it. Mm. I'm, I can do that. Now, you know, I've not, most of my life, that's not been true. And um, so, you know, it's all about timing. Um, but right now it feels like, oh, I can do this. now. So uh, that's my, that's, that's the next phase. I, I think for me for a bit is to try and try and share a vision, which feels of now and urgent. I want, sh- I want spirituality to shape up because I think it has a massive role to play in the next step of the evolution from individuals to individuals in every area. And it's, and it is moving. I mean, the mere fact that it would, it would have been unthinkable when I was your age for this to be a conversation like this to be happening in the business community, it's just unthinkable, but it's happening now a lot. That's how much things have changed so that, so that people in all areas of life can, and that's what needs to happen. That's what's so exciting. So, um, that just needs to continue and deepen. And part of, part of that is we need <clears throat> people like me to provide new narratives because that's our job. And then um, other people can play out their roles, which are more engaged. I mean, you know, I, love, I love the fact that other people are doing stuff which is more in the world than I will ever be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, it's connecting in form within spirit, you know, inspire. And it's nice. sort of, Very it's, nice. it's yeah. combining those, combining those things because my philosophy isn't my, my, my major topic that I, that I love studying, although it, it does influence a lot of the things that I do. Um, my, my knowledge on the topic might be limited, but what's a, what's a question that you love getting asked? What's something that I might've missed that, that you, uh, <laughs> that you think the answer would bring some people, some, some, some more peace and more joy in their life. I'm going to slightly change your, that what you've said, if that's all right, Tyson, because it feels like it feels like it's not that there's a, there's a, a question you've missed. The questions have been great, and we could have gone anywhere. They're all great questions. It's more that 
that that to to root it in that the thing we started with the mystery that the that we need the maps but we also need the mystery so the fir, the the foundation for me is and that's what i encourage people to do is just to every day just look at the sky and go wow or yeah. just <clears throat> Just, just step into a place where you have no idea about anything and then step back into your story. And what will happen is your story will start deepening mm. because now you're out of it. You can go, oh, I'm looking at this a bit superficially, aren't I? And then allow again, what's the questions that arise for you? When do they arise? And then dare to, dare to contemplate them and seek out those voices that you come to trust. Be careful. Doubt them too. Uh, the biggest thing is to doubt yourself, not in a negative sense of undermining yourself, but in the sense, the positive sense in which you go, what's the assumption I'm making here? And is it true? And does it serve me? And then you can hold it up and then, oh, that's, is that right? Or is that, I'm missing something. And then, then things will, new things will come. They will definitely come. So I, I'd like to, I'd like to return us to end with where we started. It's a mystery. It's a breathtaking, beautiful, phenomenal mystery that we're in. And let's appreciate that. And let's yeah. appreciate it together because we're together. So let's, let's, let's see that this is something we're doing. We are one. So we're doing it together. It's not an individual journey. It's in relationship. Everything. The whole, if, the, if the universe is the one in relationship to itself, which I think it is, have a look. Then it's all about relationship one way or another. Mm. yeah and if you're listening to this and struggling to think about the awe of your life and the mystery of everything go back to what tim just said before earlier in this in this talk about thinking what what makes up your body the elements the the chemistry that makes up your body is coming from exploding stars you know it's, it's literally it's literally like that it's literally uh you know evolving and being recycled and that that's a huge mystery i i i've been reading a lot uh, i finished um reading the Tao to ching along with um along with uh wayne dyer's book change your thoughts change your life who he he lived the Tao for a year and just basically wrote on every every uh, passage and one of the biggest uh chapters at the start is explaining this it's like notice the mystery right? Be in the mystery. I think I'm pretty sure it's chapter one that he, he discusses this. It's just like, notice the mystery around, right? Eckhart Tolle encourages people to just look at a flower and just drop the name, drop the identity that we put around the flower and just notice the magic, right? It's just crazy what this world is producing. We just live in it so often that we get, we, it's almost like we get used to it and then we lose that magic. We lose that. We don't lose it, but we, we it's hidden but it's always there. Right. And so noticing that, that one, that awe, that, that essence that just connects all of us through relationships is it's such a subtle reminder, but it shifts everything when you start to tap into it. Uh, this has been such a, such a cool conversation and I could go on for hours, literally just asking questions just cause I'm just so curious. Uh, but where, where can people find out more about you, your stuff and, uh, and, and definitely, uh, and definitely dive in deep on these topics uh, a bit further. 
So the place to start is timfreak.com. I've got a funny name. So as long as you spell it F-R-E-K-E, um, you will find my website. And there's lots of um, free videos on there. Uh, there's all my books, including, just, just as, as you mentioned it, my very first book, which is The Dao De Ching, a version of The Dao De Ching. It's the very first book I, I wrote. So that's on there on ebooks. So there's there's lots, lots of books. There's lots of free videos. Um, YouTube. Um, there's a go to my YouTube channel. There is a, a a a lot of stuff on there. If you want, I'm releasing stuff all the time. There's a whole series called What Is Life, which is me in conversation with other philosophers and thinkers, um, which a lot of people really like. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Better still, um, get on my newsletter on my website because then you'll get it sent directly to you once a week. Um, and then I have an online community called the International Community of Univigils. And this is something which you can find out about my website. We meet up once a, once a week. We have people literally all over the world, including um, in Australia and New Zealand and Japan in that time zone. And um, it's small, it's intimate, and we get to talk to each other individually. Uh, we can explore ideas. And I explore the awakening practices, how we can wake up as well, as well as having a, another a very a community based on um, how can we support each other uh, becoming individuals? How can we support each other waking up? Beautiful. Beautiful. Awesome. Is there anything else that you can, that you feel like you want to add or feel pulled to, to add into this conversation to put a pretty bow on it and make it feel complete? Okay. Well, what comes to mind Tyson is in my latest book, which I should also give a plug called Soul Story, which is um, a statement of this philosophy. And, and uh, if you want to know more, I really recommend it. So in Soul Story, it's a philosophical book, hopefully very easy to read though. There's a moment where I have to make a confession. So I'll make the confession that I make in the book to you, which is at the end of the day, really all of this philosophy is an attempt to give an intellectual foundation, a robust intellectual foundation to the insights that arise for me in the deep awake state. And they started when I was 12 years old. And the reason they need a strong intellectual base is they sound so childish and they sound so naive because the deepest truths that I know are things, well, the, the phrase which came to me one day, which was, feels really resonant with what comes in this deep awake state, and this is what I'll leave you with, and it does sound quite naive, but I think it's a deep truth, is that despite everything, and God knows there's so much suffering, despite all of that, essentially, life is good, death is safe, and what really matters is love. Well, that's one, that's one way to wrap up an interview, hey? That's, that's a, a big, deep truth. Maybe people can... When you finish this, uh, when you finish listening to this, just meditate on that for a little bit. Just allow allow that to sink in, not just intellectually, but physically in your body. Uh, because if you can, man, even just the second one about if death is safe, so much fear just gets, you know, just drops off your shoulders. You know that weight, um, and uh, and it comes back to the uh, the question that Eckhart Tolle says a lot: What's your relationship to this moment? And if your overall perspective, if your overall belief is life is good, that's generally what you'll experience more often. And, uh, and it's generally what your actions will lead you towards as well. Um, and so that's such power, powerful truth. So Tim, thanks so much for being here. I'll put all your links in the show notes. 
uh, so people can just click, quickly jump on the links, jump on your website and your, your uh, newsletter. People that are on this, listening to this call, odds are they love community. So they'd love to jump over and uh, join your community as well. Uh, they'll, they'll definitely, uh, definitely love the, uh, love the action that they've taken in doing so because so much wisdom in here can just be applied in every, every situation. So Tim, thanks so much for being here, my friend. I uh, look forward to seeing what else we can do together because this is just an awesome combination of knowledge. Thank you. It's been a delight. Awesome. Thanks so much, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're like me and you have a heart that wants to contribute, you might want to come join us over on the online Facebook community called Connect, Contribute, Collaborate. This is the community of heart-centered business owners who are all doing this internal work. We mastermind around the latest business topics. We collaborate with each other to grow as one. And we do what we can to assist some charities and worthy causes around the world. So head over to tysoncoaching.com where you can find the link to join. And if you know you want to dive in deep into this work yourself, sign up for the free transformational group coaching calls. Whether you want to uncover some unconscious patterns or shift those you're already aware of, or maybe even just benefiting from the live coaching of other members, there's always takeaways that lead to more peace and clearly more business success on the other end. Because I believe it's not what you learn here that's going to help you with your awakening, it's what you actually do with it. So if it feels like your expansion, jump over to TysonCoaching.com and I'll see you in the community. Take care now.